Welcome back. Joining me now for a look at the equity scene is Asanda Noche from Mazi Asset Management. Asanda, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, we've had a sluggish start to September with most global stocks trading in the red. Um, what have you made of trade this week? And are you, are you finding opportunity in this um, weakness or, or in all the red we're seeing right now? Yeah, uh, thank you very much for the time and uh, greetings to, to the uh, listeners or watchers, <laughs> as it were. I think um, we've seen a couple of sectors that have been really sort of pulling the market down. So industrials, healthcare, mining um, have been uh, some of the key ones. Uh, I think in this uh, environment, you, you know, one wants to and look at uh, opportunities that emerge as a consequence of the weakness. So, you know, companies, for instance, the healthcare space, you know, life healthcare, we think there's still good opportunities for the companies, especially um, some of the opportunities they have in the U.S. with the, the Alzheimer's treatment uh, business that they have there. So I think it is one of those markets where whilst it does look sluggish and, of course, we also had the RAND, you know, falling mm -hmm. about a percent. Uh, oil um, is putting a bit of a, a damper on things in terms of um, crude rising because of the, the, the oil or the supply cuts. Um, and the bonds are also down. So I think there is generally negative sentiment in the market as we started the month. Uh, but it is, as you've uh, indicated, the kind of space where you do want to take your time and really identify those uh, good opportunities as they've, uh, as they've fallen. Now, we've had U.S.-China tensions back in focus with reports saying that um, China is uh, uh, banning the use of iPhone um, gadgets or mm -hmm. other um, for, for, for government officials. Is this something to worry about? I mean, we also had in the EU, the EU um, kind of cracking down on those big tech giants. Is this something to worry about or is it just going to be short-lived? Yeah, look, that's an interesting one. So uh, you might remember that uh, some time back, you know, the US banned uh, the, the export of certain components, especially for the use of, uh, of those in co for companies like Huawei who it's a Chinese company, um, and so that company wasn't able to then produce smartphones for, for some time. So quite interestingly, uh, whether you call it luck or whatever, Huawei has actually just launched a, a new device, 5G device, which they haven't been able to do, um, with some of that advanced technology, um, which is probably a generation or two behind iPhone. And consequently, iPhone is looking to, or was launching the iPhone 15 next week. So, so I think it is a bit of that back and forth in mm -hmm. terms of geopolitical concerns and, uh, and sort of jostling between the two powers. I think also it's worth mentioning that we've seen um, maybe two other data points that are important. Um, you know, some of the big uh, motor companies, so VW, Mercedes-Benz, have come out saying that they need to, they've got a fight on their hands in terms of the, uh, the electronic vehicle, the EV market in, the, in, the, in China. Because a lot of the locally made cars are actually the ones that are, are, are coming through and, uh, and taking volume uh, from these big guys. Another data point is that the Chinese have uh, introduced last week stimulus, uh, especially to help the, the property sector. So that's been a, uh, quite a mainstay in terms of growth for them for a long time. So they've come through with uh, stimulus measures, for instance, uh, reducing the need for deposits uh, on, on new homes and also the, an interest rate. So I think there is, the, the one, on the one hand, I think the uh, sort of geopolitical tensions between U.S. and China, which uh, continue, and I think this latest one uh, is an indication of that. And then secondly, I think there is concern from a Chinese perspective around mm. the strength uh, of their economy and their ability to meet you know, their, their target uh, growth rate uh, of 5% for the year. Let's stick with China, right? We've had um, stimulus, as you mentioned, being 
pushed through into the economy. We've also had some downbeat data come out this week. Now, taking all of that into account, are we in for more pain on that front, considering that markets sort of overestimated that recovery? Yeah, I think you're quite right. I think there was, at the beginning of the year, uh, very much a, a sort of a sentiment around China and uh, the opportunities from a growth perspective that it presented. And that didn't really come through. One, uh, you know, you saw that the Chinese economy or the Chinese consumer, rather, let's start there, um, wasn't perhaps forthcoming and willing to spend, uh, quite conservative. And we saw some of those balances uh, in terms of bank balances still being quite high. And also just the, the property sector, one of the, the key mainstays there also being uh, remaining sluggish. I think the, in, the, the, the stimulus that you see from the Chinese government is an indication of the fact that there is a concern around um, what's likely to happen. Whilst the rest of the world has been in, uh, in an inflationary mode, uh, China has actually been experiencing deflation mm-hmm. just uh, also as a consequence of lack of demand uh, in that economy and uh, just the weakness uh, therein. So I think, you know, if, if we just expand the picture maybe more broadly to, to the rest of the globe as well, um, I think those recession fears are, are, are really coming through, uh, especially as we see the impact of the interest rates that have risen quite sharply in the last uh, year or so. That impact now coming through, so so I think there's anticipation that a recession could be coming, could be um, uh, on the cards. I think you know the eurozone, the UK, maybe to a lesser extent the US uh, are, are the areas where there's a big concern. Domestically, you know, whilst the GDP numbers were better than expected, still you know relatively weak. If we are to solve our challenges, be it unemployment uh, and so on. Uh, we think uh, also if you look at uh, what's happening with load shedding, so you know we, we, we had some respite it seems during winter um, and uh, and now sort of back at uh, level five, level six. Mm. Um, and then we're seeing also the oil picture, so crude, um, you know, sort of creeping up towards that hundred dollar uh, per barrel mark, which is which is not going to bode well just just after we've had um, you know a, an increase in uh, petrol prices. So I think you know overall it, it does seem like a relatively um, somber picture, uh, if you will. Um, and uh, I think what we, we may be looking at is a situation where either we are in a recession mode as those interest rate cuts and, and all the other factors come in, um, not helped by the crude uh, picture, or we just avert a recession and hopefully um, you know, next year pe- presents a better picture. A gloomy picture indeed. Now, a company that's shown somewhat um, of resilience in this tough economic environment is ShopRite. It gained record market share during the annual period, and it's even set aside about $8 billion for new stores and upgrades, further turning up the ante on its competitors. Surely the retailer is just benefiting from a consumer that's shopping down, right? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because... Uh you know, we, we in talking to the management team, when you present that picture, they they, they don't quite admit to that or they wouldn't want to, their, their market share gains to be attributed to that. Mm-hmm. I think there's an element of that. Look, I think there's also, you know, from a management perspective, they've done really well in the last five years to implement systems that allow them to, to price uh, appropriately. You know, they mentioned that uh, at the moment, they've got systems that even allow them to understand the profitability of each item individually. And you can imagine how many items they have um, in store, so I think all of those measures, and you know, making sure that stock is in the stores uh, and so on, all of those measures, I think, have, have put them in a really good position to be able to take that market share from competitors. You've seen 
a, a marked difference between their performance and uh, pick and pay mm. and uh, and spa and Willie's to a to a degree as well. So I think the the, the theme in the sector has been um, pr- uh, uh, you know prices have gone up. So um, inflation has been uh, has assisted the retailers, and then volumes have uh, it's what it's what's really suffered, which is is indicative of um, a consumer that's therefore under pressure. And then to your point. Uh, probably then shopping where there's perhaps better pricing and uh, better value uh, as it were. So I think the company has done really well in that environment. Um, and and uh, But they are cautioning in terms of where growth is going to come from, hence uh, the amounts that they've set aside for store growth. So that's kind of where they're, they're going to try and push. Not not also forgetting the impact of load shedding, of course, where they spent um, you know about one and a half billion rand um, in terms of diesel costs uh, over there. All right, just before I let you go, can you let us know what your stock pick is for today? So I, I would like to present uh, and put forward MTN. Um, and uh, maybe just a word or two on the company. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it it's, um, operates across the continent, so has got exposure to some of these uh, higher growth uh, areas. Uh, so West Africa, Nigeria, uh, Ghana, and some areas in East Africa, Uganda, and so on. Um, and so, you know, they announced a deal a couple of weeks ago where MasterCard um, is taking a stake in uh, their fintech business, specifically on the payment side. So I think the, the reason why we think the company's got good prospects is that whilst, you know, te- telecommunications is, of course, the, the, the base and the, the, the main um, operations, what they're trying to do now is, is really to leverage off uh, the telecoms business by offering adjacent or other uh, services um, using the same telecoms network. So payments is an example, or fintech um, is is effectively you 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 become uh, a banking system, if I can call it that, for for places where there's uh, less banking um, access. And so if you think about somebody or people who are in in outlying areas don't have access to a bank. The, the company now through this fintech uh, business can uh, effectively connect people, make sure people are able to send payments um, to and fro. In fact, in a place like Ghana, government even pays government employees using uh, the mobile money and the fintech platform that MTN has to offer. So having uh, someone like uh, MasterCard taking a stake in that business just enables them to, to, enables them to have access to uh, greater capability, more technology, um, and effectively, the, their ability to scale and, uh, and grow that business, um, we think, presents them with a very nice opportunity over time. So if you see and you, see, you look at uh, how the telecoms businesses typically progress, so you have a period of, of sort of accumulating uh, subscribers because people are adopting um, the, the, the mobile telephony, but then over uh, time, that of course, uh, that growth becomes uh, saturated. So. MTN is therefore securing their growth by having adjacent and alternative um, revenue streams uh, down the line, which are quite sustainable given what they're trying to do. And I mean, finally, if you look at uh, perhaps what's happened in in other parts of the the continent, so a place like Kenya, which uh, adopted uh, this, uh, we'll call it mobile money uh, platforms, effectively leapfrogging a lot of other stages of development that you would have seen in, in uh, let's say, in, in previous, in the developed world. So, we, you know, you go through uh, different stages of development. You know, effectively, Kenya just went straight into uh, mobile money. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, we think that a lot of that is what uh, MTN is, is really positioning themselves for. Other things that they're doing, you know, insurance, um, where they've partnered with insurance companies in order to offer 
insurance, not just of devices, but actually over time to offer the insurance that uh, we know, so life insurance, uh, cars and so on. Um, and then also uh, e-commerce, so starting to ho um, help and uh, offer or provide uh, platforms that allow people to uh, transact and interact from an e-commerce perspective. And so that really just you know diversifies the business uh, away not necessarily only in terms of uh, tele telecommunications, but actually becoming quite a balanced and uh, diversified business uh, across the economy. MTN showing that it's more than a telcos player. Thanks so much for joining us today, Asanda. That was Asanda Noche from Mazi Asset Management.